Pickaxe. It all started in Los Angeles, California, 2019. Our adventure began as five cast and crew members of Through the Realms of Myria, Hollywood's next big fantasy film, were accidentally teleported to another world by a mysterious spell that was uttered during the filming of the climactic final scene. Our traveling band of clueless crusaders consists of Sebastian Vivaldi Greensleeves, an emo-at-heart musician struggling to find his way in LA, and sound guy on set, played by Ryan McManus. Blueberry Sky, the animal-loving actress trying to save the world through art, and now Elf, after her prosthetic ears and teal-blue hair were affixed to her person upon arriving in their new fantasy world, played by Anna Brisbane. Xander Gucci Supreme, the camera guy to the stars and obsessed alien researcher with an affinity for high fashion, played by Nigel Deacon. And Jet the Boulder Chambers, the big burly heartthrob whose love resides with his mom and puppy Princess Pebbles, played by Vince Perino. The casting crew find themselves in the icy chilling north at the Evergem, with accusations of murdering a member of a vigilante group known as the Destined, named Pojin, the party scours his home and active crime scene for any helpful or relevant information regarding his death. Finding a symbol from the city of Valorith, Scorch and burn marks, and other cryptic information, Destined leader Sulik realized their innocence. Sensing the cast and crew's views aligned with the Destins, Sulik confided that he would need the party's help to further the Destins' research at the Evergem. The cast and crew were taken to a cellar below the Grand Evergem, an enormous floating crystal told to harness immense power. Sulik told the story of Keonopa and Travis, who used to live under the Evergem together, along with their son, Zen. Keonopa and Travis were killed, but no one quite knows what happened to Zen. Not only was Keonopa an extremely powerful mage, but also a friend to Commander Redstream, the individual showing the party around the Evergem, even going so far as to grant him sight again and more. Redstream can now see visions of the past. Beneath the Evergem, where the family used to live, he recalls these visions once more to share with the party. During these visions, he can see Zen as he is playing with a ball and cup before, in an instant, he disappears, along with a staff hanging on the wall. Redstream and Sulek inform the party that they intend to infiltrate the Magistrate Barracks at the Evergem, as they built the barracks directly over Travis's old butcher shop. There must have been a reason for doing so, or at least some information on what happened to Keonopa, Travis, or maybe even Zen. With Commander Redstream at their sides, the party goes invisible. Well, most of them. As Sebastian changes his leather jacket to look like that of a magistrate recruit, and Blueberry wild shapes into a tiny spider to sit on the back of Sebastian's shoe. Approaching the barracks, a blue dragonborn named Kamir let Sebastian inside, assuming he was the new recruit, Derek, that was scheduled to arrive that day. Sebastian followed Kamir with the rest of the party close behind. Kamir showed Sebastian some of the things the barracks had to offer before a quick meal was interrupted by a man who grabbed Sebastian by the shoulder. He commanded attention and fear from all of the magistrate soldiers. This mysterious man took Sebastian across the courtyard and up into a long, hallway-like room. 
Blueberry was still with him, but the rest of the party were unable to follow, as a guard moved back into position on the stairs. Sander and Jet decided to break into the officer's quarters, while Sebastian was given a harness and forced to inhale burning leaves. Being told never to run, Sebastian was surrounded by a thick black smoke as the man in front of him began to change. Gold frayed robes, black misty eyes, and tentacles with faces coming out of its back. Sebastian endured horrifying visions brought about by this figure, which led him to losing concentration on his invisibility spell, keeping Jet, Sander, and Redstream hidden deep within the enemy's walls. The visions ended, with Sebastian remembering nothing of what had just occurred, while Blueberry saw everything completely unnoticed. Sebastian was told to leave his initiation training, with a blank mind and fear deep within his heart. He met up with the others as they hid in a nearby armory. Grabbing magistrate gear to disguise the whole party, they made their way through the barracks, finding the officer's quarters, a key, and a letter addressed to the Harbinger, the man that had just put Sebastian through hell. The officer's quarters held a hidden cellar door under an ornate rug. Descending the staircase led the cast and crew to an old ice cellar, where a human skeleton lie embedded into the ice, and a vast open cavern radiating with magical energy. Redstream looked distraught, as they all realized this was the body of Travis. The cast and crew explored deeper into this cavern, finding a magic wall with a sigil on it from decades past, explosive markings, along with the body of Kionopa, headless, encased from the waist down in pure obsidian. Redstream began recounting the events through his visions. He explained how the known leader of the Magistrate, Alana, was last in this cavern with them. She alone killed Travis and Kionopa. But this wasn't the only discovery he made. The cavern dipped down into a large chasm below, containing the skeleton of a gargantuan being. Redstream recounted this event in his visions. What he could only assume was a goddess gave Alana some sort of power before it erupted from within her. This power transfer weakened the goddess, but also brought about Kionopa's entire existence as she seemingly spawned from nowhere. In a fit of rage, Alana killed the goddess with a lightning crack and a massive sword of ice that pierced her heart and teleported away. Kionopa tried to save the goddess, but to no avail. Gaining some insight into what had happened to the family, the Evergem, and the mysteries surrounding it, the cast and crew fled the Magistrate barracks, arriving safely back at their airship. After a brief moment of calm, they awoke to find Jet, with his right arm completely white, scaly, and sharp black fingernails at the tips of his fingers. This would be the first of many transformations Jet would undergo. The cast and crew deemed it necessary to head back to Matthias's University of Modern Magic immediately, as they feared it would be under siege by the Magistrate. Landing the airship just outside of Eagle Hill, a smaller village a few hours walk from Faramore, they wanted to ensure the airship was safe and out of sight. Heading towards Faramore, the cast and crew spotted differences immediately. Magistrate ships in abundance at the docks of Faramore, and guards wandering throughout the university. Most notably, Commodore Fulton was now residing at the Magic University, 
looking for those who were practicing stronger magics than they should. The party found out the university is no longer a magic university. Instead, it will be a normal, more prosperous university for educational purposes, and that they will be assisting Matthias in changing it into one. Matthias ushered the party out to get their new classes and set up with a new curriculum. One class in particular, the magic of woodworking and carpentry, was pushed onto the entire party. Arriving at the classroom, they found it empty, aside from an older human professor ready to teach them the ways of woodworking. Dr. Grawl Farwolf, played by TikTok star Marcus Territory, had instructions from Matthias to inform the party of the wrongdoings the magistrate has put the university through since their arrival. Scouts had gathered some horrible information. Multiple students and teachers had been taken from the university and stashed onto the main magistrate's ship located in the docks. Dr. Grawl was instructed to team up with the party and plan their retrieval. Dr. Grawl and the party decided to disguise themselves as prisoners, building a crate to house Jet and Xander in order to bring them onto the ship with ease. After leaving the university, Dr. Grawl disguised himself to look like a magistrate captain, Blueberry turned into a tiny spider, and Sebastian went invisible, following close behind. When arriving at the docks, there was a bit of a mess left over from the night before. Hungover magistrate guards wandering about the port made it easier for Dr. Grawl to talk his way onto the ship. The surprisingly unnaturally strong Dr. Grawl was able to pull this box, filled with both Jet and Xander, all the way through the hull of the ship to a room where a game of cards was being played and a gate of metal bars blocked a staircase going downward. Grawl dropped the crate with a magistrate guard blocking the barred staircase, who yelled down that some live ones had arrived. The crate was dragged downstairs and opened with a crowbar. The suspicious man who opened the crate said, you're not what I was expecting, as he took a step back and whistled. Moments later, from the opposite end of the ship, a giant tentacled monster came crawling out of the broken down boxes and barrels, its squid-like beak chomping loudly as its yellow eyes pierced the relative darkness of the bottom of this ship. Jet and Xander came face to face with this monstrosity as the man brandished a long chain with a spiked ball at the end of it. Upstairs, Dr. Grawl, Sebastian, and Blueberry were doing their best to be inconspicuous and hidden until the whistle and the commotion was heard from below. A battle raged on this ship as Dr. Grawl, Sebastian, and Blueberry did their best to subdue any guards and make it down to the bottom of the ship in order to assist their friends. Fighting off this monstrous squid being with magic, arrows, and fire set the ship ablaze, as off to the side Blueberry noticed the captives they had came for. Jet kept the creature busy while the others opened the cages and rushed into their bag of holding. Once Jet broke free from the monster's grasp, he dove for the bag, as Sebastian Dimension doored himself holding the bag off of the burning ship and into the heart of town. The magistrate's ship was sinking into the docks, smoke billowing through the Faramore air as bells rang for assistance and warning. Sebastian ducked into an alley as the cast and crew was pulled one by one out from the bag of holding, including their friends that had been taken from the university. The last one to be pulled out was Dr. Grawl. For an old, decrepit human wizard, his hand was incredibly muscular. Something was different as Sebastian pulled out a giant of a man. 
bulging muscles, square jaw, and handsome as ever, Dr. Grawl had been under a disguise spell in order to hide his looks from those at the university so that they would take his teachings seriously. The now Goliath Dr. Grawl and the party ran back to the university to evacuate those left at the school after causing such an incredible commotion at the docks, but the magistrate was one step ahead. Three students lie dead on the floor as Matthias rushes everyone remaining into the hidden basement of the university. He gave Grawl and the party five minutes to grab anything they could as the professors pooled their magic together to open a portal to Helios, a floating city in the clouds where they would be safe from the eyes of the magistrate. The cast and crew, however, had some unfinished business and chose to stay. Saying goodbye to Dr. Grawl, their good friend from Earth named Kingsley, and the rest of the university staff, the party knew they were safe in the skies of Helios. They destroyed the portal and made their escape from the university, leaving Faramore behind. Trekking back to Eagle Hill and seeing their beloved airship safe and sound brought a sense of comfort to the party. It has been their only safe haven, it seems, in this new, magical world. Relaxing on the ship, they informed Claude, the air elemental who pilots the ship, that they were off to Auchendoth Mountain, in search of buried magistrate information from when the group was known as the Arcanum. An old Arcanum base was rumored to lie within the mountain, but was lost ages ago. Descending upon the town of Corvine, just south of Auchendoth Mountain, the party met Blackbird, a local priest. Blackbird told the cast and crew that the Arcanum entrance into the mountain was indeed long gone, but the people of Corvine have been searching far and wide for it, as their entrance, called the Hollows, has been deemed too dangerous to enter. It is said that death haunts the Hollows, ever since a man named Galaster took his child into the cave for disciplinary reasons and they never came back. Sebastian and Xander went to speak with Galaster's wife, Tila, who remained in town and learned of Fox, her child that Galaster had dragged inside the mountain. Tila told them about Fox and Galaster's relationship, and the cast and crew promised her closure regarding her missing child. Meeting back up with Blackbird, he took the party towards the entrance of the Hollows. Blackbird gave some history about the mountain on their trek to the entrance, and they all found out along the way that the mountain was expanding and at a rapid pace. No one is quite sure why, but it seems as if the mountain itself is growing. Before delving into the caves, Blueberry communed with nature and found the old Arcanum entrance into the mountain, although it was covered by 300 feet of rock. Blueberry also learned some other helpful information, specifically that the mountain has rock monsters on top of it, and most importantly, there is one humanoid within the mountain. Taking into account Blueberry's newfound information, they headed into the hollows extremely cautiously. The cave walls began to open into a wide room, with children's toys strewn about, as well as a stone block earth elemental playing with a train. Sensing it wasn't hostile right off the bat, Xander tried to play with it. The snowman made of earth tripped into Xander, and not knowing what to do, Xander cast Toll the Dead as this rock being fell apart in front of their eyes, revealing a blue, floating orb of light that darted deeper into the caverns. Continuing on into another room much larger than the first, the party discovered a makeshift farmhouse and four statues. 
As they approached, the blue light dashed into one of the statues that resembled an archer and started shooting arrows at the cast and crew. The ghostly orb jumped from statue to statue, taking on different fighting styles and features as it battled with the party. Dispatching each statue led the wispy orb to once again dart deeper into the cave, this time splitting itself into pieces and shooting down different corridors in front of each of them. Each party member chose a pathway that led to different challenges that they had to face before meeting back up at the far end of the cave in front of a townhouse with a stone man with ghostly glowing eyes, doing his chores very repetitively. He paid no mind to the party as he went about his daily activities, one after another, before restarting them over and over. With Blueberry's investigative skills, she revealed a small model airship on the dining room table that seemed to distract the man as he passed. He sat down and started putting the pieces together, which then caused the ghostly orb to fly out of the man and dive down the nearby well. The well was dry, and as they all jumped in, the party realized it was much more slide-like than they had imagined it to be. The slide shot them out one by one into a circular cavern opening, with a ballista pointing straight at them, and yet another stone figure with ghostly blue eyes manning the machine. Enormous stone ballista bolts firing left and right, the cast and crew realized it was just a waiting game, as the stone being succumbed to Xander's perfectly placed Hunger of Hadar. The ball of energy shot once again from the fallen stone man, and for the last time, went deeper into the cavern. The party opened up into a room with a portal, a demonic skeleton holding a lantern, and the blue orb floating over a dead child's body. Xander now touched this calm orb and relived memories that weren't his. The memories were those of Fox, ones that they had lived and ones that could have been. Xander, shocked, placed the ghostly orb inside the lantern. The large skeleton closed the lantern door, moved through the portal, and vanished. The party took some time to bury the child's body, gathering a bracelet from their wrist as closure for Tila, and continued further into the mountain towards the Arcanum base. The long-lost base looked like a siege room, which led further into a library, portal room, and dining hall. Exploring for a bit, the party ended in the dining hall, which held some interesting things inside. Transparent, moving visages of individuals that did not speak, a tank filled with liquid and some sort of fleshy substance inside, and the one humanoid Blueberry had sensed prior. A forgotten face whom the party assumed to be dead, Ermina Caspaldi. The same individual who conspired the attack on the royal wedding of Valorith, causing the king and queen's death, and the magistrate's takeover of Valorith itself. Words were exchanged as Ermina tried to decipher why they were so against the magistrate's plans. Ermina told the party of her clone, the fleshy substance in the corner of the room sitting in the tub of liquid. She then offered them some wine and showed the cast and crew the pool in the center of the room which she used to see visions of those who she had met prior, and revealed she had been spying on the party using this pool. Ermina tried prying information out of the party but was unsuccessful, before dropping the name Volazar, a mage who Fendrea thought to be dead for years, 
and one who tried to merge the elemental planes with Fendrea itself. Ermina then ignited her hands and sought to rid Fendrea of the cast and crew once and for all, nearly disintegrating both Jet and Blueberry in an intense and dangerous encounter. Ermina was finally felled by Xander, who grabbed her by the neck with a vampiric touch, sucking the soul from her body. Leaving the corpse in the forgotten Arcanum base, the cast and crew went into the main hall to find a stone table carved with a topographic map of Fendrea, as well as an ornate wooden box upon a pedestal. Opening the box, Xander revealed a book, which appeared to be Alana's journal, the one they believed to be the main leader of the Magistrate. Reading through Alana's journal, Xander found much about how she was hunting for her other half. It must be destroyed before Shar would accept her. There was much more information in the journal, along with knowing the existence of the Lost Plane. The map of Fendrea, however, carved into the table, taught the party much more about the planes, the cosmic winds that move them, as well as how many connections there are between the different planes of existence and Fendrea. The party also came across a book of old Arcanum notes from one Ilianas Thorell that had notations on different locations throughout Fendrea and the likelihood of partnerships with each. Finally leaving the Arcanum base, the cast and crew arrived back at Corvine. Xander had a heartbreaking moment with Tila as he gave the distraught mother her child's bracelet. Downtrodden, the party headed back to the airship to dwell in their feelings. The next trip was long. Helios was a few days' time away, but they must get back to Kingsley and continue their defense against the Magistrate. While aboard the airship, Jet's transformation continued. His scales crept along his skin while his tail began to grow longer, and his face now a harsh white. The first night in the skies, Xander was awoken by a whisper, Blightmore. He went to the deck of the ship during the calm of night and listened. As a large stone arrow crashed through the hull of the airship and it started to descend quickly. Sebastian was able to dimension door Blueberry out from the crew's quarters, but ended up still above water. Blueberry quickly wild-shaped into a giant eagle and snatched him from the sky while Jet rushed to save Xander but was unable to get out of the airship in time as it crashed straight into the water. Hearing a concerned voice yelling from the nearby forest, Sebastian and Blueberry must rescue their sunken companions with the aid of a stranger on shore. Join us as the cast and crew embark on their newest arc, crash-landed off the shores of the cursed Witchfen Forest, as they meet their newest guest, Luis Carrazzo, of Critical Role's Exandria Unlimited Calamity. Uncover the truth behind Xander's otherworldly warlock patron and find the meaning behind the words Xander has been seeing in his camera, Blightmore and Nomora, a mystery that has haunted Xander and the party since episode one. Thanks for dropping into the cast party, and welcome to the cast and crew.